We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So Jesse, tell us what you got for us. So Stephen, I know it's going to come as a surprise, but not all hairsprays are created equal, mm. which is like groundbreaking to say from a pageant girl. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I will say like typical hairsprays, there can be sticky, flaky, crunchy and smell awful and even though judges can't smell you it is always nice to have a fresh scent going on so what we've done is we've partnered with the brand 1x50 and they're doing it different doing it better and we are now selling their products so they use high quality ingredients they don't cut corners and in their hairspray there's vitamins nutrients conditioners sunscreen huge benefit um and thermal protection so it's kind of all in one so Okay, I feel like that's pretty huge right there, just using vitamins inside the hairspray because like hairspray, I've been told, will somewhat crack your hair. Like if you get a a, brat, a bad one, it'll break it or like it damages it somehow. I'd yeah, I'm not an expert in hairsprays entirely, but I do know like if I'm brushing my hair out after using hairspray, I know that using a comb or a brush on my hair, it feels brittle and I find a lot of hair breakage on my brush or my comb when I'm using hairspray because it does make it like um like I guess it's like a tree in the winter. It gets cold and it snaps, right? The, yeah. like the the more stiff it is, it's easier to snap. So I do find that that's what happens with traditional hairsprays in my hair. So I can't necessarily talk about the breakage, but I find that it is more brittle. Well, don't you find that, I mean, with me, I mean, a guy using hair gel, if I'm using hair gel and my, my hair is like stiff as a board, mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't like it as much. Um, and it's that can show my scalp more. It's like, it Mm -hmm. seems like there's less volume or texture, whatnot to my hair. So if it is like, if it appears healthier, other people are going to perceive it as healthier, which will just add to your overall look. Yep. And this, this can, this hairspray has a built-in conditioner too. So it just goes like the longer you wear it, when you brush it out, it kind of, it's meant to smooth your hair as you brush it out versus breaking it. So Mm -hmm. they've really thought about the experience of the user from like the minute you spray it on for the like really, really strong hold to the minute you brush it out to condition your hair as well. So it it has the best of both worlds. Cool. And you can go on there and read any more, even more about it. I'll provide the link in the show notes. Um, But what's the cost associated with it? Shipping, all that good stuff. So the cost is $22, which is a lot for a hairspray. If you're used to going and getting drugstore hairsprays, I get it. But when it comes to all of the the pressure of the heat styling, the brushing, the teasing, et cetera, in your hair, I can tell you that it goes a long way and you want to protect your hair for the long run. So $22, you can find it at shop.pageantplanet.com. Free shipping. Keep in mind that it is an aerosol product, so you do have to ship it ground. So make sure you give yourself about a week of lead time before you absolutely need this product. Perfect. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Today, Jesse Ledoux and myself, we are going to be talking about three success tips for parents helping contestants. So, Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. Well, Stephen, I want to start by saying if you are a parent, 
You're going to get so much information out of today's podcast. But if you are a contestant listening, no matter what your age is, if your parents are still involved in your life and your pageant journey, I would highly encourage you to grab them, pull them over, have them listen with you, or send them this podcast after the fact. Because it's so much of a team effort to compete in a pageant that we need all hands on deck, don't we? Yeah. And, you know, regardless of what age you're competing, like a miss, a teen, um, or even mister, et cetera, like your parent, mom or dad, they're going to have a role to either help you prepare, help you pay for it, et cetera. So a lot of the things that we're going to cover in here is going to help reduce the amount of friction. Because anytime you're talking about competition, money, this is a very opinionated industry of like, mm-hmm. there's no set rules. <laughs> I mean, there are a few, but you know what I mean? No set like color of dress that you have to wear. So lots of opinions there. So the better that you can get on track with the mom or the dad or both that are helping you, the easier it's going to be, the less stressful it's going to be for you. And as we've covered in previous episodes, the less stress that you're experiencing, the more likely it is that you're going to succeed. Exactly. And I mean, I've seen, and I'm sure you have Stephen as well, at any age of contestant, whether they're 25 or five, parents that very much fill that momager or dadager role. Um, And we've seen parents who have in the total opposite ruin a child's reputation or their chance at a title. And we don't want parents to do this. We want the, the contestant to be the one in control of their destiny. Yeah, I mean, this is not a shining moment in the industry of pageantry, my story I'm going to tell, but I know of a director, because this was very early on um, when I was judging, and he told the judges, quote, I do not want this girl to win because her mom is so crazy. Oof. Yeah, Oof. and th- this was, I mean, it was very, and the girl was... Um, she was winning at the time. She obviously didn't end up winning, but he was like flat out told everyone. And this was, it was a weekend long pageant. And he said, it was like on the second day, I do not want this girl to win because of her mom. Uh, yeah, it was so brutal. But this is, uh, that is an extreme negative case, both on the momager and for the director, which the director should never have done that. Um, but, yeah, that's why we are continuing to evolve our brand so that we can police things like that. So, mm-hmm. so Stephen, like, what is? Do you know what a momager is? So we looked it up, and a momager is a mother who is also a business manager for her son or daughter, and for the most part, momagers manage entertainment or sports careers for their children. And I mean, that works for dads too. Yeah. But I've seen it in the pageant world. A momager is so important because. You have a year to make a difference. So oftentimes the contestant is out doing appearances, et cetera. So the momager or dadager, they make sure all the contact information is correct. They make sure they get there on time. They hold their stuff in the background so they can do their thing. So there is a little bit of a negative connotation on this, especially like the most famous momager of all time is Kris Jenner. And she actually got the word trademarked. So hopefully we're okay in this podcast (laughs) using it sometimes. I actually didn't know that. That's a fun fact. Isn't that a fun fact? Yeah. I mean, she was the original, but I've seen some phenomenal momagers in the pageant industry. So hopefully these tips today can help um, guide any parents who are listening or any contestants who are going to relay this information to their parents to be like a bulletproof team. Yeah, it does have that negative connotation to it. However, like you look at the most successful like artists, they got their start from their parent. 
managing mm-hmm. them until they got to a certain level and the parents like, okay, I'm out of my depth here. And then yep. they passed them off so yep. to another manager. So cool. All right. Well, what's the very first tip that you have for um, parents that are listening? So I'm calling this tip guide. Don't override. And one of the biggest arguments that defines pageantry in a society where men defies pageantry in a society where they think it's outdated is the life skills it leaves behind. You cannot argue with pageant contestants and their skills that they gain from experience. And in my opinion, um, and especially in the digital age, so few people have the confidence communication ability to look somebody in the eye introduce themselves and carry on a conversation and pageant contestants do. Yeah. Here's a fun fact for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Many of our listeners, they know that I talk or we both talk a lot about national American miss. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve Mays, who started uh, national American miss before he um, was in the pageant industry, he used to do recruitment for oil companies. Mm. And he said, I was talking to people that graduated from like, you know, the top schools in the United States. And, and he said their resumes would be phenomenal. Like, I mean, just like knock your socks off. And then I'd be sitting across the desk from the individual that I'd be interviewing. And mm-hmm. the, the guy could not carry on a casual conversation. They could not answer questions, had a hard wow. time, like looking you in the eye, shaking your hands. He said, so I, this was happening in my corporate life. And then I got asked to judge a pageant. And so, you know, I'm on the panel, I'm asking these young girls questions, these, you know, teens, these these pageant contestants questions, and they're answering on the spot, they're looking me in the eye, they're shaking my hand, Mm. and they're giving phenomenal answers. And he said, I was blown away. And so I saw more and more of the industry, and he saw an opportunity. um, And then that's why he started National American Miss. It's incredibly true. I mean, you, if you watch like YouTubers and bloggers, I mean, there are some great ones and then there are a lot that need a lot of help with their communication skills. And the ones that have a background in pageantry are always blowing me away. So I would say if you want, if you're a parent and you want to set your child up for success in this way, help your child with their pageant tasks and training. But anytime they can do a task for themselves, they should be given the opportunity to at least try it first. And if you see it and you're like, okay, not great, but we gave them a try. Like at least, and you're going to correct it, at least talk them through why you're changing it. I mean, I, I've heard of parents like they decorate the Christmas tree with their kids and the kids go to bed and they move it back around so it looks balanced and nice. Because like a lot of times kids can reach like a three foot radius, right? And the tree is much bigger. So I think that's a different story. That mm-hmm. That is like a pass parents get for correcting. But something like this where you want them to gain the skills to do it correctly on their own, allow them to do it and then talk through why it's necessary to make those changes. And then they feel invested, too. Yeah, completely. And we have an article breakdown of this that was actually written by a pageant mom on staff, mm-hmm. like you know, Sherry Shanley. Um, so talking about her experience and working with her daughter. So I'll, I'll provide that in the show notes. Um one of the things that I've learned in one of the, my personal development courses that I took is to ask for permission. Like, hey, uh, do you want feedback on this? Or is this like what your heart's set on? And naturally, that doesn't always work, right? I mean, if your daughter is eight <laughs> and maybe she just wants like a lime green, um, you know, certain kind of dress, like we'll say a lime green, big fluffy prom dress in order to wear into interview, that's not going to work, but um, it's just a matter of taking her opinion, asking clarifying questions, asking how much help she wants, et cetera, and then guiding her down the right path. 
I had a, a contestant or a client once, um, one of my first in-person clients, and we went gown shopping for her and we tried on this. She tried on this like neon green and purple color block gown of sorts. Like there were different layers of organza, whatever. Just like, uh, yeah, just, yeah, you know, it's a lot. And yeah. then we tried on this gorgeous pale blue Sherry Hill dress, um, a line really flowy, age appropriate, all of this. And she was so torn in her head and she really wanted the purple and the lime green. And I knew it just, it would not have won her the title. So I said, okay, what do you like about it? And she said, well, I like that it's unique and I like that it's different. And I like that it's a great color. And I said, okay, here's the challenge. When you get under a stage light, lime green on top of purple might not look the same as it does right here. So that's, that's challenge one. And number two, I said, well, why don't we take the Sherry Hill dress that you like and let's add something to it to make it different. So it doesn't look the way it looks right now. So we added some cute little sleeves and a little bit of colored beading within it. She's like, okay, I can do that. So we got a little bit of both, but Mm -hmm. instead of just saying, well, you can't wear that dress. It's hideous. We said, okay, what do we like? And how can we (laughs) apply it to something that might be more successful? Such a good strategy. Such a good strategy. Yeah. That's, that's perfect. Okay. So if your contestant is 18 years old and under, I this was a tip from Sherry directly from that article that you're going to share, Stephen. Parents should reach out to the director and at least introduce themselves. Make a great impression. Let the director know you're excited about the opportunity um, and you and your daughter or son can't wait to get to know them better. And then from there, if like depending upon the age, like you're not going to, an eight year old is not going to write their own emails. It's just not realistic. Um, But when you get into like the 13 and up, I think it's really important that parents should encourage the contestant to correspond directly with a director under supervision. So if you say, okay, we have this question that we need to ask the director, why don't you draft up this email? Let's read it together and then you'll send it. And then when she gets the response and then that way you're giving them the skills to correspond with adults, you're making them responsible for writing a letter, et cetera. So it's just really important that it's more of a, like a, a working process than just, okay, go ahead and do this. Yeah. I mean, I know that, again, this is more of a, I love my parents. My parents are amazing. Um, and all through school, they always, I always had to fend for myself. Like, okay, if I got in trouble with one of the teachers, my parents never came to my rescue. They're like, well, what did you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I went to the principal's office, which I had a few times even in high school, um, they're like, whatever. Like, I, I got I got in trouble with the principal. And then I got in trouble when I got home. But they never, like, came to my rescue, like, at school. And so mm-hmm. as a young adult figuring out my way, finding out, like, like my, my pros and cons and all that stuff, I had to figure it out. And now going into adulthood, it so much better equipped me to lead an organization, to lead other people, because starting at a young age, I had those failure type experiences where I embarrassed myself and had to learn on my own. And so by default, I got used to relying on myself. Mm. And that, that helped me versus some of my counterparts, their high school years, I would say looking at it, it seemed easier than mine because their parents would lobby for them to play sports and they would get like, you know, favoritism from the coach or from certain teachers or whatever because their parents were so intricate. But then you see them after school and it's like, eh, they kind of like capped out at high school mm-hmm. because yeah. like they were so used to everybody doing everything for them. Mm-hmm. That they're never, they were not used to or didn't have the confidence to maybe take those risks on their own. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, I will say, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but I do notice a difference between Miss um, or Mr. So 18 and up contestants that have lived on their own or have lived at home the entire time. And I, think, I don't think there's one that's better than the other, but you do just notice a difference in the approach. And then in the year that follows, I mean, the support system is phenomenal. If you have the ability to stay at home um, as you're figuring life out and making your way, fantastic. You should do it. Um, trust me, the, the benefits of being able to have the financial help that you have with that situation is unparalleled. But you also get great life experience when you rely on yourself, like you said. So there's not, no right or wrong, but I do notice a difference. Yeah, completely. I mean, my wife lived with her parents until we got married and then she moved in with me. So it was like, yeah, so there's, but that also allowed her to pretty much completely pay off her college and exactly. set her, set herself up in a different way. So yeah, pros and cons to both. Okay. Yes. So guide, but don't override is the first strategy. What's the second strategy? So the second step is for parents to educate themselves because nothing stresses out a contestant more when they think they're prepared and a roadblock pops up. So maybe they on their schedule wrote down that rehearsal started at 11, but in fact it started at 10 and they've already woken up and started getting ready and they're behind. Like, oh my gosh, total freak out. So as a parent, the best gift you can give a contestant is peace of mind that you know everything you could possibly know going into pageant time because surprises will stress both of you out and then you're fighting and you're bickering and it's just it's just not good. So I wrote down a list of four things that I think parents should really dive into prior to pageant time that helps them be prepared. Okay. Yeah. Fire away. Good. Hit so the point first, one. Yeah. The first is use our packing list as a guide to make sure you have all your necessary items because you want to make sure when you get there, everything you could possibly need for any situation you at least have in hand. There are some things like clothing racks that you would want to get when you get there but at least the little things that packing list will help you make sure that you're not forgetting anything obvious. Yep. And you can find that by searching packing in our article section on our website. Oh, and um, just side plug here. Our search is so much better now on our site. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like miles ahead. So if you do search packing list or even get like misspelled wrong, it'll still pop up and I'll provide it in the show notes too. Awesome. Okay. Go ahead. And the second is read the contestant handbook cover to cover. So we talked about this in a previous podcast, actually, how important it is for the contestants to do it. If you're an involved pageant parent, do it as well. It'll just make you feel more confident in the decisions that you're making, etc. Number three, always have a copy of the pageant schedule handy and know what's coming next. Like if you're a navigator in a car, you say, okay, in 100 feet, you're going to make a left. And then in a mile, you'll make a right. You always go one step further. So the driver knows knows what's coming. So as a pageant parent, you need to do that for your contestant. So, okay, at 11, rehearsal starts, and then you're going to get out at three and go to makeup. Yeah. Um, so always be prepared with the next step. And then lastly, have a folder of all printed forms, photos, and extras. So if you've already handed in a form, that's great. But make sure you have a backup copy that you can reference. Say, oh my gosh, you're going to an interview. Did I write down that I like to binge watch Netflix? Or did I forget? Mm. I don't remember if I did or not. And then, okay, here it is. Let's see. Oh, it's right there. Great. You can talk about it in your interview. Perfect. Yeah. So it'll just make sure that everyone feels confident, happy, and ready for anything. You know, one of the jumping back to point number three, always have a copy of a pageant schedule handy. When I'm emceeing an event or I'm an appearance, I have that. And then what I do is I transcribe that to my, my calendar on my phone, like, and mm -hmm. I set alarms yep. with like, 
go to the ballroom A. <laughs> so, yes. um, because sometimes like depending on your age division, if there's multiple age division, looking at that schedule can sometimes be a bit overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I just pull out the information that pertains to me, set the schedules, and then I leave that paper copy there mm-hmm. as a backup reference. Like if yes. I suddenly, if I messed up the calendar, you know, so mm-hmm. that's, that's good there. And of course, like the hardest part about like being the master of of this for your contestant um, or for your child slash contestant is that you probably are not an expert in pageantry. So you might feel like a fish out of water and you might have mm-hmm. just as many questions as your son or your daughter. And, you know, with that, like we're here to help. So, I mean, for like $29, you can be a member of Pageant Planet. You can ask us unlimited questions and like we'll help you. So if you're like, oh my gosh, is this dress like good? <laughs> you know, is this hairstyle okay, age appropriate? Like, you mm-hmm. know, what what should we put on our paperwork? All that. And let's like thirty dollars a month is cheap insurance. So just mm-hmm. for your peace of mind. And if you want us to do additional mock interviews or whatever, um, it's just an additional cost um, for that. And they're all like weekly to help guide your contestants. So that again you don't have to be the expert. This could be the first time that your son or your daughter is competing and you don't have to know everything. You can leverage our knowledge base um, Mm -hmm. in order to help you get the results for your child, what you want. Exactly true. I mean, like when I started competing, Pageant Planet wasn't around. My mom wasn't a pageant mom. So I was running the show. It was my nerdy research that educated us on everything that we knew. And she just kind of had to be like, she knew what I told her she needed to know and she did her absolute best, but I know she would have really appreciated like somebody to bounce it off with. We were, I was a tomboy. She had no friends that had kids in pageants. Like she had no one to go to. So that's really valuable, especially for someone that's kind of dipping their toe in the industry. Yeah. And if you think about it, there was, when you competed, there's basically no social media. Mm -hmm. Um, Blogs were, I just starting to come around. Oh, not even. Not even. Okay. So like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you went all the way back to glitz. So that was, I mean, internet. What Al Gore hadn't invented the internet yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that stuff wasn't even on the table. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're in this day and age where you can find pretty much anything that you need with a click of a button. So we can help. Um, okay. So we have guide, don't override, educate yourself. And what's the third strategy? The third and what I would say is the most important is practice good sportsmanship. And this is the, the area of pageant parent um, interactions that I see the most offenders. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. When people's like at that level, um, when we see people that we love compete, we naturally see past their flaws for that exact reason. We love them. Um, It's nearly impossible. I would say to be completely objective when watching a pageant, when you have a horse in the race and like if your contestant loses, it's easy to want to tell them that they were robbed. They should have won on and on and on. Yeah. And like with this particular thing, I hear pageant uh, or moms, pageant moms, pageant, primarily pageant moms tell me, um, like, oh, and I'm being totally objective here, but she was the most flawless thing on stage. I'm like, well, okay, it, it's your daughter. And unless you're devoid of emotion altogether, like there's something psychologically wrong in your brain, it mm-hmm. is like really impossible on a subconscious yeah. level to like separate yourself from from uh, like that kind of opinion. And that's okay. There's no, there was like zero wrong in that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And like, 
I feel like that's the beauty of love. You can love someone as they are warts and all without hyper-focusing on their warts. And that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, No offense if anybody has warts out there. It's just an expression. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you're not 100% objective. Just own it. It's okay. Um, And like just accept it for what it is. Yeah. And I will say like Stephen sold a story earlier about a pretty crooked pageant experience. And so like maybe there was funny business, but unfortunately, just like pageants can sometimes be unfair, life is also unfair. So this is a good opportunity to encourage your contestant to learn not to dwell on things that could have been or should have been or are out of their control. It's really easy to get really, um, really bitter about an experience and it's just important to guide your contestant to moving on. Yeah. Control the controllables. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the success in any part of your life. You can control what you can control. So, um, yeah, really in this whole thing, like if there is, or even if you felt like your daughter or your son was robbed, like lead by example and focus on the positive aspects of their experience. Like, can go up to the person who won, congratulate them and just say, wow, great job. And then when you're talking to your son or daughter, like don't bash the winner or the pageant or the director in a slanderous way, because that's what you're teaching that contestant. Oh, if I didn't win or if I didn't get ahead, it's not my fault. It's the director's fault or it's somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it just doesn't set up that particular, like your son or your daughter for success in other areas of their life because you know what maybe something did shady did happen you know and if it did like i think we can all agree as jesse stated that life shady things will happen to you but like if you teach your daughter or your son that okay yeah cool this is life sometimes it's just not fair and maybe this one isn't fair but let's go ahead and congratulate this particular winner which are the best and we'll just never compete in this pageant again we will Mm -hmm. find another system to compete in where we don't have to deal with this director and lord knows there's plenty enough pageants out there where you don't ever have to compete for a director that you don't like you don't Mm -hmm. ever have to just look at our directory you'll see thousands so Mm -hmm. um there there's something out there for everyone and you know just being a good sport will go miles away and god has a way of just repaying that kind of behavior over and over and over again yes cool um all right do you have any bonus tips or strategies before we conclude or jump into the summary i I did but you kind of stole it but i will mention it again yes i told steve i had a bonus tip and then he went ahead and took it from me (laughs) anyway so so see he already said it but it's worth re-mentioning it really is so my bonus tip is after every pageant that your team so your contestant you as a parent your whole a team doesn't win make it a point to walk to the winner congratulate them as a family and even through your hurt disappointment, this act will instill a lifelong skill of humility and being a person with grace. And nobody can ever look at you and say, oh, well, she had a temper tantrum and left the stage. Yeah. Okay. Like that happens too. But if you either, you can avoid that or that happens and you turn around and say, you know, what? I'm sorry for the way I acted, but I really want to say congratulations. and I hope you have a great year. There's always time to rebuild a reputation if you have acted that way in the past. And this is step one for rebuilding it. Or just continuing to create a strong reputation. Well, so I thought your bonus tip was going to be what I'm going to say. Um, so th- <laughs> that's why I said what I said previous. So one, <laughs> a bonus tip for me then is um, right after the uh, pageant is not the time to critique 
um, your son or your daughter on their performance. Mm -hmm. It's just to celebrate the fact that they got up on stage, they spoke in the microphone, you know, answered a random question that was pulled out randomly, answered it with confidence. And even if they tripped and fell on their face when they're walking in their dress, not the time to cover that. Um, Mm. It's just like admiring and appreciating that they stepped outside of their comfort zone. They're willing to put themselves out there on stage in front of people. And like they grew as a human through that event. So again, regardless of like if they won the crown, if they got last place or somewhere in between, like celebrating the fact that your son or your daughter got up on stage and is taking a step towards becoming a better human that's the thing to really hyper focus on immediately after the pageant after about a week after emotions have died down etc and like you start talking about whether or not they want to compete again then you can maybe bring up some of those items but just don't do it immediately after oh good job that was an even better bonus tip than i had totally agree with that (laughs) When say bad, um, just different. Okay, so in summary. In summary, um, so be a source of calm and encouragement. That is your job. So help along the way, but don't run the show. The farther away the contestant is from the hard work and the details, so if you're just doing it all because you think that's going to help her win, the less invested him or her win, the less invested they will be in return. So you want them to be part of the process along the way. Empower them to take their own action, but guide their choices and their words so they can reap the benefits of the industry. So good. And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. And for this particular episode, send it to your mom or your dad or whoever is helping you prepare for your pageant. So again, so you all can get on the same wavelength here um, and they hear this advice from us so it doesn't necessarily come from you. Because sometimes having that third-party mediator deliver the information will go a long way towards reducing your stress. So give us a five-star review. It really helps us keep the show going. It helps with our ranking and Stitcher and SoundCloud and iTunes and everywhere else that that this thing plays. And um, tell your parents about the show. All right. Thanks so much. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.